Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. It's truly sad the amount of discord that politics have brought amongst Christ followers. As Pastor J.D. discusses the recent Christianity Today article regarding President Trump in today's message, you'll be reminded that Satan is actively doing what he can to divide those that should be bound together in the love of Christ. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 29th, 2019. The Times of Israel, this is stunning. They quote Prime Minister Netanyahu as saying, and this is a quote, Putin told me, that were it not for our relationship, we could have found ourselves in the midst of a military clash. Only because we meet every few months has this been avoided. In other words, were Netanyahu not Israel's prime minister, Russia would be at war with Israel. And let's not forget about Trump as if we could anyway. (laughs) If he were somehow removed from office, then it's not likely that the U.S. would be there to defend Israel. Have you heard what Bernie Sanders has been saying, going on record and saying? No more support for Israel, the Palestinians. And some insiders on the, in the Democratic Party are are predicting that uh, Sanders will get the nominee. Have a nice afternoon. I'm being coy and I I apologize for that. But what I'm trying to communicate to you, and this this is really important, it's all about Israel. This is all about Israel. Please know that I'm not dogmatic about this, but here's where I'm going with this. And just stay with me and think this through with me. The absence of a Trump and or Netanyahu fits the biblical prophecy concerning the Ezekiel 38 invasion of Israel led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey vis-a-vis Syria, which is Isaiah 17 concerning Damascus. I am personally of the belief that subsequent to the sudden destruction and devastation of this invasion, the Antichrist will bring the peace agreement foretold of in Daniel 9.27. Keep in mind, 
Israel today is looking for a Messiah because they rejected the Messiah. And as such, they will accept the Antichrist in the place of Jesus Christ. And this peace agreement, I believe, will come packaged with the allowing of the rebuilding of the third temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. The Jews today will give anything. They will hail Him as the Messiah. They will do anything for that temple. This is why, please listen, that Jews in Israel today are following Bible prophecy very close. Why? Because they believe the coming of their Messiah is very close. It's the false Messiah, the false Christ. On Wednesday, Breaking Israel News published a list of their top 10 prophecies of 2019. Now keep in mind, this is from a Jewish perspective. The Jews having rejected their Messiah, who they will accept, by the way, and come to at the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation. What caught my attention about this list of Jewish prophecies concerning the coming of the Messiah, the first coming, was number six. Number six on that list was Israel's elections going according to Zechariah's prophecy foreshadowing the Messiah. Listen to this. In it, the writer says, mystics and end-of-day experts are predicting that the third round of elections will be a replay resulting inconclusively with no coalition being formed. And that may very well be the case. They have been predicting this outcome for months while noting that the dissolution of the government, the dissolution of the government is a necessary precondition for the resurrection of the Davidic dynasty. The son of David, the Messiah, coming. In order for the Messiah to come, there cannot be a government formed. Netanyahu cannot form a government. This is a precursor foreshadowing the Messiah's coming. Well, we know that's not the Messiah. That's the Antichrist. Here's a question, okay? And again, I just would ask kindly that you think this through with me. Does everything that's now happening need to happen exactly as we're told it would happen when Jesus comes for his church. I mean, let's, what if, and you fill in the blank. Let's just take it a, a little bit further. What if somehow, and by the way, this, you know, the articles of impeachment, they're not bringing them to the Senate because they know it's going to, you know, be defeated. So, well, we're going to hold on until we can get a fair trial. I wonder, I wonder what else they've got up their sleeve. Because you have to understand, and they're not the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, Democrats and Republicans, but principalities, powers of darkness. But they will stop at nothing and do everything to get this pro-Israel, pro-Christian president out of the White House. Just like they want to get Netanyahu, because Netanyahu and Trump are in the way. Ask Putin, he just got done telling us that were it not for Netanyahu being in the way, we'd be at war. 
That's Ezekiel 38. Hello? They got to go. What if? What if something happens? There was, I know this crosses over into the whole conspiracy theory arena, but there are those who are suggesting that, because they, they will do everything to keep Trump from being reelected. And if they can't do it through impeachment, they'll do it through assassination. So what if something were to happen, God forbid we can say, where Trump is taken out of the picture somehow, some way, and the same thing with Netanyahu. That's what we were told would happen. Then that just creates this vacuum to be filled with this man of sin that we were told about that would come on the scene. So what if this needs to happen, that the end might come, as Jesus said? then wouldn't it stand to reason that what's taking place in the world is God's way of loosening our grip on this world to ready us for the next? I just want to be candid with you, and I should preface it though by saying that I love this country very much. And I just owe really my life to my parents who immigrated from the Middle East when I was nine months old, fleeing Islam, 1963, to come here. I'm so grateful they did. I really owe my salvation, I believe, and my life. I don't know that I would be alive, let alone saved, had they not come to this great country we call America. I love this country, but this is not my home. And God's had to deal with me because I don't want to see this happen to our country. You know, our, our country is being torn in shreds right now. I mean, we are, I, I wonder sometimes, we're on just on the cusp of total civil war. I mean, just on the cusp of total anarchy and disorder. Who knows, maybe it's the dissolution of the United States government and constitution. It's that serious, by the way. So I've had to have the Lord search my heart concerning this. I mean, I love this country. I love this president. Uh, by the way, he's my president. He's not my savior. My hope is not in Trump. My hope is in Jesus. And my hope is not in America. My hope is in eternity and the soon return of Jesus Christ for his church. So, the Lord has really searched my heart, and the challenge is this. Uh, don't you see what's happening in America, and don't you see that that's my way of getting you to loosen your grip on America? What's taking place in the world? Is, is this God's way of saying, hey, I'm, you're not going to be here much longer. Don't dig your roots down too deep in the temporal soil of this world, or the things of this world. And then if that's true, then wouldn't it also stand to reason that we would hold very loosely to this world, and the things of this world, knowing that He can come at any time? By the way, let me parenthetically say that everything is happening perfectly according to God's prophetic schedule. Again, they never imagine God's in heaven going, what? 
they passed two articles of impeachment in the House? When did this happen? Well, how disconcerting would that be? You're God. You're supposed to know the end from the beginning. You're supposed to be omniscient. (laughs) He's not surprised. Third election in Israel. Are you kidding me? Yeah, everything's going perfectly according to God's prophetic plan. Do you know what the next event is on God's prophetic calendar? (laughs) The rapture. The rapture. When we get to 2 Thessalonians, I know I've been telling you this, and some of you are saying, come on already, let's just, why don't you just teach 2 Thessalonians, and then come back and finish 1 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is removed. And if the Antichrist is this close to coming on the scene, I want to bring it to an end with a very powerful parable. It's so intriguing. It's to me one of the most intriguing parables that Jesus ever taught in Matthew 24 at the end of the chapter. And he basically contrasts two servants. So on one side you've got the wise servant, and on the other side you have the wicked, evil servant. And the wise, they're both given their orders, entrusted with the stewardship to be found faithful when the master returns. But the difference between the wise servant, the good and faithful servant, and the evil servant was simply this. The wise servant lived and worked every day with the anticipation that his master could return at any time. So when the master did come, the master found him doing, and said, good and faithful servant, Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all of his goods. Good job. Because he, he, he was like, he can come back today. I better be found busy about the things of the kingdom to please my master. So I'm ready when he comes. And you have the evil servant. You know what he's thinking? <sighs> come on. He's not coming back. My master delays his coming. My parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents thought Jesus was coming back and he hasn't come back. Party on! No, that's what he does. Because (laughs) no hurry, no worry. I'm sure you've heard that fictitious account very, very good about this emergency meeting in hell. Satan calls all the demons. we got to do something. We're losing ground to the kingdom of heaven. They're taking ground from the powers of darkness. What are we going to do? Demon pops up, says, I know. Let's start a campaign. No heaven. Satan goes, no, that's not going to work. All creation screams of a creator. Another demon pops up and says, I know. Not no heaven, no hell. Now Satan says, that's not going to work either. There's innate within every man this knowledge of good and evil. So Satan says, Here, here's the deal. Here's the campaign. We're going to, and this is going to work. It's not no heaven. It's not no hell. It's no hurry. No hurry. No urgency. My master is delaying his coming. Let's just have a party. He beats his fellow servants. He eats and drinks with the drunkards. And then the master comes. Oh, I didn't think you were coming back that soon. <laughs> That's kind of the point. And that 
master came on a day when he was not looking for him and at an hour that he was not aware of. I share that to say this, the Christians who have the lightest touch on this world and the things of this world are living their lives with the anticipation that the Lord could come back at any time, and He can, and He can. And conversely, the Christians who don't are the ones who believe, are deceived. Oh, He, he delays His coming. Listen, I try to live my life as your pastor, as is my privilege to be, with this expectancy that He could come today. I'm as ready for Him to come today as I would be if it were not 10 years from today. <laughs> Please don't let it be 10 years from today, but I'm, I'm going to be ready if it's not. I'm going to occupy till He comes. Somebody would be, be found faithful. To whom much has been given, much is required. I want Him to say to me those words we all long to hear from the Savior's mouth, well done, good and faithful servant, enter in. Oh, I can't this is why we do these prophecy updates, right? It's why we end with the gospel. It's because of the urgency of the hour in which we live. If you'll just grant me a couple more minutes, I want to end with the gospel and the ABCs of salvation. What's the gospel? Very simply, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Why? Because He came, He was crucified, He was buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the good news. That's really good news. (laughs) So now, I was thinking about this. You know, the value is determined by virtue of what the buyer is willing to pay for it. You know those houses that we have, that we own? Well, we don't own them. The bank owns them. But anyway, they they keep going up in, in value, right? So they have these appraised values. The actual value is going to be based on what somebody's actually willing to pay for it. That's the value of it. Now think about our value because of what He paid for us in purchasing the field in order to get the treasure, us. What He paid, He paid with His life. It cost Him everything because that's the value. That's the good news. The ABCs of salvation are not intended in any way to insult anyone's intelligence. It's just a childlike, simple way to explain salvation, how to be saved. And I, 37 years ago, going on 38 by the way, I needed it to be simple, childlike simple. Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So the A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned, that you need the Savior. This is what repentance is in the sense that it's a change of mind. So now God can change your heart by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's regeneration, sanctification. It's a turning from your sin and turning to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 takes it even further and says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 is the sentencing phase, if you will, because now there's a penalty to be paid. What is that penalty? Death. The wages of sin is death. But, here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B 
is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised Him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's the B, here's the C. It's for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. We were talking about this Thursday night in our study through Proverbs. By the way, this Thursday night, can't wait, Proverbs 19. Proverbs 18 was really interesting. There's a proverb that says that the tongue has the power of life and death. You can kill or have life by the power of the tongue. (laughs) And I was thinking about this. When we confess with our mouths and our tongues, we're confessing unto eternal life. And by the way, that's the difference. Because we're told that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The only problem is, when every knee bows and every tongue confesses, it's going to be a confession to damnation, not a confession to salvation. As we say here in Hawaii, more better now, more better now. Do it now. Confess now. And Romans ten thirteen. lastly. And thank you for your patience. I love this because it seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. It's that simple. Listen, I want to say one thing lastly, okay? (laughs) We're about to enter into the year 2020. And oh my, it's going to be an interesting year. Would you agree with that? I mean, if, if 2019 was any indication of what we're in store for in 2020, whoo! How, how do they say it? Uh, you better buckle up your seatbelts because we're in for a pretty rough ride. And I really believe that. It's going to be a very interesting year coming up. You know, as I prepare these prophecy updates week in and week out, I am just struck with something that just stands out to me, and it's that God does not want us to be ignorant about Bible prophecy. He wants us to know what's going to happen at the end before it happens. So when it happens, we will believe and believers will look up and lift up their heads and know their redemption draws nigh. God wants us to be ready. God wants us to be watching. That's why He tells us, hey, this is what the world's going to look like at the time of the end. I don't want you to be caught off guard. I don't want it to be for you as a thief in the night. When I do come like that, that steward, that servant in Matthew's parable, chapter 24, So I just say that to say this. I implore you, if you're here in this church today, and I make no assumptions, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, trusting in Him for the forgiveness of sins, (laughs) what are you waiting for? Today is the day of salvation. Why would you want to put off the most important decision of your life, for eternal life. I implore you today. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag 
of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.